Welcome to the Fierce Mothers podcast, where we help black and brown women find guidance and inspiration every week. We are so excited to have you listen in. I'm your host, Gochi Onyewu. On this episode of the Fierce Mothers podcast, I am talking to the amazing Dr. Adako Onokogo. As a leading internal care physician, Dr. Adako Onokogo is interested in helping patients throughout Silver Spring and the greater Washington, D.C. area achieve overall health and wellness. Whether performing a general consultation, annual physical, or dealing with an illness, Dr. Onokogo does so by giving her patients individualized treatment plans that work with their lifestyles. Adaku, as she is fondly called by her close relatives and friends, graduated from Upstate Medical University, State University of New York. She is a board-certified physician in internal medicine with a thriving medical office in Maryland. A renowned and dynamic practitioner, Dr. Onokogu is a member of the American College of Physicians and the winner of the Jack D. McHugh Award for Excellence in Geriatric Medicine. She is fully committed to the field of internal care and can be seen volunteering on medical mission trips around the world. Dr. Onokogu has worked as a hospitalist in a Maryland hospital for the past 16 years, where she also serves on the Ethics Advisory Council. She is also the medical advisor for the Chief S.E. Onokogu Foundation, which provides free medical care to rural communities in Nigeria. Now, when she is not practicing medicine, Dr. Onokogu enjoys travel, reading and spending time with her children and tight-knit extended family. On this episode, we talk about resilience, getting back up when you fall, handling failure, and asking the question, who am I not to be? I loved this episode because I know Adako really well, and her authenticity and humility shine through as she speaks to and pours into younger women with her advice. Hey, Adaku, it's so nice to have you on the show. Finally, I know we've been trying to get this going for a while. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing well. I know we both uh, have busy schedules and it's been a little difficult trying to coordinate the right time, but thanks for having me today. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was well worth the wait. I'm so excited to dive in. So maybe you can just kick it off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Just where were you born? What was life like growing up? Who inspired you the most from childhood? Just talk to us so the audience can get to know you a little better. I know you really well, obviously, (laughs) but for the sake of the audience. Okay, okay. Where do I start? So basically, I'm an internist in downtown Silver Spring. Mm -hmm. So I've been... I've been in Silver Spring for about 16 years or so, and I used to work full-time at a hospital before I then decided to transition more to primary care and then open up my practice. So it's been a journey, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was born here in the U.S., but my parents moved to Nigeria when I was about one. 
Mm. And so I basically grew up in Nigeria. You know, I was there until maybe age 18 or so when I came here for college. So I have that experience of back home, the completely different culture there. Mm -hmm. And then coming here and just trying to assimilate into the society here. Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily, I have a lot of family. As you, as you know, I have a, a, a large family <laughs> here, a large extended family here. So they helped me make that transition here. And so I went to school mostly in, in upstate New York and then moved to Maryland pretty much when I got married because my husband's from this Maryland area. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. since then, I've been settled here. And, you know, obviously, I think from the time I've known you, I don't remember, but um, did you always know that you wanted to be a doctor? I was going to say from the time I've known you, I think you were a doctor, but I don't think that's true. But mm -hmm. so, so I guess yeah. when did you know that you wanted to be a doctor and what inspired you to pursue that career? I think I've always known. It wasn't like I had this aha moment. Mm -hmm. My dad's a physician and I felt like, you know, he did, I don't think he gave me much choice in what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up in that environment. So my dad's a physician. My mom uh, was a nurse. So I've had that background in health. And it's just something as I got older, I became more and more interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm actually the only one among me and my siblings that was interested in, in anything health related. But it's just that even though that's what my dad wanted me to do, luckily for him, I guess, it's <laughs> something that interested me. And I just always had that interest, that curiosity about yeah. health related uh, things, specifically um, medicine. I, I always knew I wanted to be a, a doctor. So you're a mom, obviously, <laughs> a mom of three. I guess the question I have for you, because there are people of different sort of stages in life in the audience. Mm -hmm. Some are young who are looking at perhaps a career in medicine. So wanting to know how you stay motivated in spite of the challenges. And then there'll be other people who are mothers as well, maybe young mothers, who are like, oh my gosh, how do you balance your demanding career as a physician and being a mother? So I, I think it's two questions in one. <laughs> how do you stay motivated? Because I know there are daily challenges. And in fact, I'm sure there were challenges just pursuing the path of becoming a doctor. What kept you motivated? How do you stay motivated? And then how do you balance life? If balance is even a word, right? Um, how do you get through life? How do you balance it? Balance the career and the, the, the mom, right? How do you do that? So I would say in terms of what kept me motivated to pursue medicine, I think for me, I always had my eyes on my goal, my ultimate goal, right? So I knew I wanted to be a physician and then I had, you know, challenges along the way, but I never lost sight of what my goal was. And it, for me, it was just a matter of time. I never doubted myself that I would achieve it. Even when, you know, there were challenges and I was like, am I going to get there? I knew deep down I was going to get there. I knew it. Mm -hmm. So um, those challenges for me were just like little, little steps I had to overcome, but I never wavered from what I wanted to do. And I think also having a good a good support system helped me as well. Mm -hmm. So whether it was my friends, whether it was my family members, just having that support to sort of help me cushion little falls I would have along the way 
helped quite a bit. And then in terms of balancing being a mother, for me, also having that support system. But, you know, I think that if you're doing something that you truly love, you'll find a way to handle whatever comes along. Yes, there are, I have three kids and they, they're, you know, vary in ages, right? So I have an 18-year-old and then I have my youngest is a nine-year-old. So so I have, um, they're all at different stages. So, but being able to take moments and just think how you're handling certain things, I think helps. Talking to other people, other mothers that are experiencing the same thing or have been there before you, helps a lot a mm. lot i think by talking to friends and family you realize that you're not there alone right mm. they're all a lot of my friends are all pursuing different careers and but we find that we're facing the same type of challenges really yeah. with our children so i think it helps quite a bit speaking with other people mm. and seeing what they're going through and sharing your story and hearing their stories about how they handle certain things mm. helps yeah yeah you know so that as you were talking there actually three things that came to mind mm-hmm. the first one as you were talking and i want to just reiterate because they were really powerful i don't want to gloss over them the first one was that you said in spite of the challenges, you kept your eyes on the goal. And I think what resonated for me, at least what I got from it, was you saying that there was no plan B, right? There was no other option. This is the option. This is what I want to do. And so that kind of helped you stay motivated. And I think that for me is powerful because when you have other options, it's easier to give up, right? When you're like, oh, well, this doesn't work out. I'll try that. But for you, it's like, no, this is what I want to do. I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. The second thing you said that I thought was really powerful, I wanted to call out was you, t- you you talked about grabbing moments and that stood out for me. I knew it was just part of a sentence, but it's so true. When life is so busy balancing motherhood and career and all the rest of it, it's so important. Those moments are so important. And I wanted to call that out. And the third one you called out that I also thought was really powerful was the power of community. Because we always ask people, how do you balance it? Well, I do this, I do that. But we we uh, underestimate the power of community and understanding that there are other people in the same boat. So thank you for sharing that. Super powerful, super powerful. Can you share some practical tips or strategies <laughs> as a follow on from that question about balance? Uh, for other mothers or other busy parents who struggle to find the time to even grab those moments for their interests and hobbies, what would you say to them? What are some practical tips that they can implement to find time for their interests? When I when I find myself being overwhelmed, I know it's time to time to talk, sort of take a step back and breathe. Number one, take everything step by step. So if you feel overwhelmed, it might, the big picture might be overwhelming, but it, when you look at the little steps that lead you up to that, they're not that bad. Mm. They're not that bad. Mm. But just also just finding time away from everything. And it might be, you know, taking a walk in the morning, you know, like sometimes I'll take a walk early in the morning just by myself or sometimes with my daughter. I find that I clear my head during those walks. Mm. Not just taking walks, like I do Zumba on the side, just as a practice. And after that, I feel energized. It just sort of helps me refocus. And then other things, like if you're a strong believer, if you're religious, then I would say for me, maybe once a week, every other week, I would just stop at church for five minutes, you know, just stop at church and just pray, 
during the week, it's actually very quiet in church. So that's the time I go to sort of meditate and just pray a little bit about whatever it is that's troubling me, whatever it is that I'm really worried about, whether it's me, my children, work, parents. That's the time I sort of just take my time, have a quiet moment Mm. and just reflect on certain things. Yeah, that's super helpful. Just those quiet moments. As you were talking, I had a question for you because you talked about doing something that you love. And when when you do something that you love, it makes it easier. Challenges seem smaller, I'm paraphrasing. But Mm -hmm. to that end, what would you call out as some of the most rewarding aspects of your role as a physician? What makes you love your job? This is for the benefit of those who are thinking, well, maybe I want to go into medicine. Maybe I want to be an internist. What are some things that you love about the role? You know, as a physician, you see different things and you see people, you see, you see people doing their most vulnerable. And also I see people both in the hospital and in the office. So it's the, the demographics are a little bit different, but seeing them through an illness, you know, it's for me, it's very rewarding and very humbling too. You know, when you talk to people, talk to patients and they tell you what you've done for them. You didn't realize it at the time. For you, you were just doing your job, but you've saved someone's life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a big deal. It's really a big deal. And it's very humbling to help them through all that. Mm -hmm. So I find that very rewarding, just talking to them, taking care of them. Of course, in the office, I have a little bit of a different relationship because I've known some some of these patients over time. You get to hear about their family members. You get to hear about their ups and downs. They give you tips. You give them tips. You exchange stories. So just having that relationship with patients is very rewarding for me. I enjoy my job. I really do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way? I would say that whenever you feel like things are not going well, just take time and have that moment with yourself, but also just learn to pick yourself back up, mm-hmm. right? We all have, you're guaranteed to make mistakes no matter what you do in life, no matter how much you prepare, but just learn not to feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty. Just pick yourself back up and just mm-hmm. keep going. Those challenges, you just have to learn how to cope with them and not feel, not get bogged down by Uh, self-doubt, not get bogged down by feeling guilty about certain things and just pick yourself back up. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. So there may be people in the audience who are, who are interested in a career in medicine, maybe college age, maybe even younger, or maybe just graduated or thinking about the next step. What would you say if, if a young lady came to see you and said, I would like to be a doctor, what, what advice would you give her? So I would say medicine is a long, there's a long road ahead of you in medicine, right? It takes quite a bit of time. As long as you keep yourself surrounded by people that will support you, it's certainly doable. And also make sure it's really what you want to do. It does take up a chunk (laughs) of your time. (laughs) It takes up a a chunk of your time. And there's a lot of money involved in going through college and medical school. And I would say also, don't be discouraged. There'll be a lot of of things along the way that might 
make you doubt yourself, but don't be discouraged. As long as you keep your eyes on your goal, mm -hmm. you can certainly do it. And then there are different aspects of medicine, different personalities in medicine. Just find a just find something that suits you. When you think about medicine, a lot of people think about, okay, a surgeon or uh, internist or pediatrician, but there's so much there that people are not aware of. There's so much diversity in medicine, so many different specialties in medicine. You don't have to do direct patient care. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people are not aware of. So if it's something that genuinely interests them, I would say just go for it. Yeah, it, it, it's a long road ahead. So it has to be what you want to do for <laughs> sure. For sure. And I love what you said about there are different specialties within medicine and even outside of just being a doctor, right? So that you could become a physician's assistant, you could become different things like a clinical right. psychologist, but still we within healthcare. That's what right. I yeah, I find fascinating. There's so many uh, choices. So you're, you are someone that I see as confident in a but not in an overpowering way not in an arrogant way but someone who has a strong sense of self that's what i that's the way i would put it and you know in this day of an age of social media and all the rest of it and just the way that life is it's very different at least i'll speak for myself to how it was when i was growing up and i know that Younger people, a lot of Gen Zers struggle with self-esteem or comparison or self-confidence or whether it's being in a non-diverse environment and being the only. There's so many reasons why. What would you say are the secrets to your strong sense of self? Is it something that you are just that's just the way you are, or are there deliberate steps or deliberate things that you say to yourself when you start to doubt yourself or doubt your abilities? Does that resonate? A lot of it is just the person I am mm -hmm. and how I grew up. What you're seeing as, as someone that, yes, I'm confident, but I'm not really, I don't really put myself out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of it is just the way I was brought up. Also, knowing that a lot of what people portray out there, the facade they put up, is not their true self. And I and I say that from personal experience as well, where I'll see someone, what they're portraying, but I know that person really well, and I'm looking at them like, really? Really? Okay. So, I think knowing that what they're portraying is not really their true self, I, that's not me. That's yeah. really not me. If you know me on social media, I actually don't put a whole lot out there. And it's just because I don't want, I don't want to be misinterpreted, mm. right? I, I want people to just know me for who I am. I don't want to have a lot of fake relationships also. Mm. And that's the reason I kind of stick to my true self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good because society has socialized us to believe that you just put it all out there, put your whole life right. out there on social media for all to see. And the more followers or the more connections you have, the more popular the followers and connections are not friends so right. i think i think that's important that you call out but i wanted to ask you about a failure in your life i think it's important you know talking about being real and being authentic i like mm -hmm. to highlight the failures the things that didn't go so well the times where we stumbled the times where we 
doubt ourselves at times when we feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I failed. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important, especially for younger people that's, that look up to us because they realize that it's okay to get things wrong. It's okay to fail because failure is actually a lesson learned and right. there's no success without failure. So talk to us about right. something that maybe didn't go so well, or maybe something that went really badly and how what you learned and what you how you recovered from it. I'd love to hear that. I would say, I mean, everyone has had uh, moments of failure. If they say they haven't, they are not being true to themselves. <laughs> everyone has had an episode. So I've had several in my life. And one of them being my journey to becoming a physician. I had, so right after right after college, I didn't get into the medical school that I applied to. I had, yeah, I had applied to at that time. I didn't get in directly. So I, I took a gap year mm-hmm. and then I worked for a biotech company for a year and sort of reassessed things to know, you know, is this truly what I still want to do or not? And I mean, deep down, to be honest, deep down, I knew I would do it. Mm-hmm. I never doubted myself, but you know, you still have those moments where you didn't get what you wanted and you're like deep down i knew i could do it deep mm-hmm. down if i was being true to myself if i was being honest to myself i knew i could do it mm-hmm. so basically i got out of my own way and did what i had to do mm-hmm. and applied again and got it yeah. um but i think if you're being honest with yourself you know you can do it you really know you can do it and it's just a matter of getting out of your own way mm-hmm. and finding and talking to other people about their experiences, but really just getting out of your own way mm-hmm. and doing what needs to be done to get to your goal. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> there'd be young people who maybe would apply to medical school, not get in and be devastated and think, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed yeah. to be a doctor. Yeah. So it's helpful that you shared that. I thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. So what's next for Dr. Adaku? Are there other things that you would like to do, other heights that you'd like to attain? Talk to us. <laughs> uh, but in terms of what's next, I think for me, it's always changing. There's the professional aspect and the personal aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So the professional aspect is what am I doing next for my practice? How can I grow my practice? And mm-hmm. I have Certain things I have, I keep in mind. I have a little to-do list <laughs> about things I want to see in place over the next couple of years. So I'm taking steps in that direction. And I think for me personally, it's more like I have certain things like travel plans and then things I want to see for my kids mostly. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it's just trying to experience the world in a different way for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Experience the world in a different way. I love that. And by the way, I will make available in the show notes how people can reach out to you if they want to come to the practice or want to have you as their physician if you're taking on new patients. But I will leave your details in the show notes. Is there anything that you would like the audience to know? Anything I should have asked you and I didn't? (laughs) I was going to say, so there's a... There's a, a poem a friend of mine shared. My high school group would do a meeting once in a while. And that poem, it's 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 called Who Am I Not To Be? I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's by Tatiana 
Gurrier. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly. But it talks about your deepest fear. Like, who am I not to be? Don't be in your own way. And I have it in my study at home and I have my daughter specifically read it out to me or read it with me every once in a while. So it basically talks about having that self-confidence and knowing that people around you may benefit from whatever you put out there. So at the end of the day, I just want people to just learn to be true to themselves, have that goal in mind and just go for it. Don't let anything stop you. Have people around you that support you through that. That's what I would like to just encourage people to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Who am I not to be? That's a fantastic way to end this conversation. Adaku, it's been Awesome. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode. What was your main takeaway from this episode? What did you like? What, in your opinion, are some ways that we could improve? I really want to hear from you. You can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com. Fierce Mothers teaches burned-out mothers a vision to achieve significance and fulfillment through their unique life assignment. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or visit our website at fiercemothers.com. We are building an engaged community of Fierce Mothers, so please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.